previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Now, it also says here, you uh, it just says dad jokes. Now, we don't know if that means you have dad jokes or you want to talk about dad jokes. Uh, how much you um, hate them, love them. I don't know. What is that? Oh, mean? it's how much I love them. I just, okay. uh, I have a, a buddy of mine that I send screenshots of jokes to. Every once in a while, I get a, a good one. Are your kids old enough for dad jokes yet or no? Yeah. They uh, like to repeat back to me. When they say they're hungry, I usually they usually say, hi, hungry, I'm dad. Your wife must be livid. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, hey Littles. Littles. Roxy. Yeah, Chuck. So much to get into. Okay, let's we, do it. We also have to calm some people down, I think. Uh-oh. Yeah, great show ahead. Great Meet the Littles guest. Mm -hmm. And we always usually get some feedback about the previous episode. And boy, did we get some feedback. <laughs> we heard from Mike Wolf, episode TBD. And it's I want to read the punctuation with this. It says, that tomato joke is from Pulp Fiction! Exclamation point. He's like yelling at us, Roxy. I don't understand. <laughs> Pulp Fiction ketchup joke. Pulp Fiction ketchup joke. That's what it says. Mike Wolf, episode TBD. Now I bet it's not as cute of a joke, well, though. Here's the thing. We're referring to our tiny little suggestion. I think it was our last was it our last episode or the episode before about the Stevens Circus yes. on Instagram. Yeah. It's at the Stevens Circus, mm -hmm. and it's that little kid. Yeah. All right, we never said the kid wrote the jokes. Yeah, he I, just delivers them well. I don't think we said that. Maybe I misspoke. Catch up. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna issue an apology yet because oh, I don't no, think no, no. we ever did that. We just thought it was cute and it's very cute. The kid was delivering them pretty well. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. What's the other one? Wasabi. Wasabi. Yeah. Wasabi. <laughs> What did the sushi say to the bee? Yeah, right. Wasabi. Yeah. But it's the delivery. You're good too, Roxy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's the little kid. He's freaking yeah, cute. Yeah, I know. Anyway. All right. Let's just get that out of the way. All right. Then we heard from Mr. Episode 236 himself, Aaron Moss. He okay. said, regarding the wonky donkey, I didn't realize there was a sequel. That was news to me. Looking it up, there is also the dinky donkey. <laughs> The Grinny Granny Donkey. Whoa. Now, I didn't see any of those no. on Aaron'sBooks.com. Now, on the other hand, I did not search them either. So they could be there too. Yeah. So he's make sure you go over to Aaron'sBooks.com and get your uh, discount. Do it. In the comment section, use the code. LLPOD. Okay. Then we heard from Claire Natola, episode one. Okay. <laughs> Wonky Donkey's big surprise must be when he thinks he's going to fart, but it doesn't quite come out that way. <laughs> So maybe that is the sequel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Gotta love a good poop joke, I guess. All I right. I mean, yes. Then we heard from Ritz. He's a little jealous. Okay. But yet, he's very competitive, as we know. Yes. So he wrote, I heard Mike Brownell's email the other day regarding his hat collection. This photo, taken on opening day in 2021, so this is over two years ago, shows my hat collection of pirates hats. There are more now. Overall, my hat collection is over, you want to guess? 200. 650, Roxy. Holy cow. How lucky are you to be married to me? I mean... I mean, what do I have? Like, maybe 25 in there? Which is a lot. Actually, within the suitcase, probably, because that's the whole collection. I'd probably say it's definitely under 50. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they don't... I mean, baseball hats don't take up a lot of space, so that's fine. Like, oh, I, I realize I that. I honestly but... didn't even think you had that many. Okay, but so. I could have 650 is what I'm saying, Roxy. And aren't right. you glad I don't? I am glad you don't. I am very lucky. I'm also very lucky that you made me lasagna the other night. 
Oh, thank you. That came out of nowhere. While I was napping, it was so nice. <laughs> I did. I, I woke made her up, a great lasagna. I woke up to the smell of it, and I'm like, yes. And then I made garlic bread. Yeah, yeah yep. very good. It was a good dinner. I'm very lucky, Chuck. Oh, a lucky Chuck. I'm, I'm luckier, <laughs> but okay. I'm curious though, Ritz. What's the shoe count over there <laughs> for the misses? <laughs> Does she get equal amounts of shoes? Now she's a performer too, so some of those okay. shouldn't count. I, I agree. was gonna say I that. agree. No, no, no. I I've cut you off at the pass. Thank right? you, thank you. The shoes for work do not count. Okay, and my sneakers I wear for work, Whoa, so they don't no, count either. No, no, I no, need no, to no, get no. more. Don't even because no. I wear right, them all the time. On. They're they're wearing down. I need new ones. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, 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 right. yes. We're gonna move on. Come on, that's such. <laughs> you a walked into that. Though. I but I gave you the come on. The I know the dance shoes. I appreciate that again. Littles, I'm very lucky. But you also said the other day when we went out for our anniversary, was it our anniversary that you wore the Laducas? I did. Yeah, no, my are wedding dance shoes, shoes. But they were your wedding shoes, I, but you can wear them. I got custom made wedding shoes from dance shoes that I wear in my shows, and they are the most comfortable. I think every person who wants to wear a heel should wear these shoes because you can <laughs> really walk in them. Right. They're great. Okay. Now we move on to some sad news um, in a way. Oh. Well, it's not that big of a deal. Okay. We heard from Brian Becker. Episode 83. How sweet is this guy? He wrote in. He actually said, Capital One declined payment today, suspecting fraud. But I told them that the monthly payment was legit. If my podcast support doesn't show up by June 10th, let me know and I'll sign up again on a monthly basis. Whoa. Now, he was already a supporter and we've yeah. acknowledged that in the uh -huh. past. But how sweet of him because we see that. We see that. I saw mm -hmm. that. We lost a supporter and yeah. I was kind of bummed. But, you know, I understand, you know, everyone has their money going different places and yep. we understand that. Yeah. So, you know, we don't expect people to support for the rest of their lives or anything <laughs> no. like that. I mean, it would be great. But <laughs> yeah. But how sweet of that, that he reached out to me to let yeah, me know, that like, was hey, nice. this was not on me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just, it's a mistake. Now, the sad, real sad part is this has happened multiple times, multiple times yeah. to us. And sadly, those people have not come back. And I, again, it's not, a, it's okay, but it was nice of them to support us from the get go. But it also sounded like because this was such a hassle that they're like, I'm done with this. I'm mm -hmm. not going to do it. Cause a, a couple of them I know tried again and again. Yeah. And then they were just like, screw this. I'm out. Yeah. Which I get. I would probably do the same thing. You I'd would probably do, do the same thing. I do it on the first attempt. Yeah. So. <laughs> but. You know, but as we, we say, you. yeah, we appreciate all the supporters and reminder, if you would like to support the podcast, all the information's on our website, just go to loyallittlespod.com and scroll to the bottom. Yep. You'll see the link. I think it's, it used to be anchor. Now I think it's Spotify, mm -hmm. but it'll take you right where you need to go. Yep. And you can just support the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month, mm -hmm. not an episode a month. Yep. That means you're getting eight episodes, usually on average for 99 cents. Yep. I mean, how great is that? Right. And if you don't like the reoccurring thing, and you could stop at any time, of course. Sure. But if you don't want to go through that hassle, like I wouldn't want to, you can also just go to our Venmo page and just go over to Venmo and search... LL Pod. LL Pod. Just type that in the search code. It should come up with our little logo of mm -hmm. our cute little monkey. Yep. Thank you, Eric Londrigan. And then you can give us a one-time donation. Of anything you want. And we'd really appreciate it. Yes. So thank you for all. Thank you to all our supporters. I know. We, it really we helps really us a lot. We really do appreciate you. We've got some really good guests coming up. Mm-hmm. Some bigger than others. Mm-hmm. Oh, see what but I did there? everyone's awesome. And, you know, whenever that happens, we do like to give, like, a really nice treat. Yeah. And it's hilarious to me, though, in this day that when the postage costs more than the <laughs> items that we're sending. <laughs> but that's the case sometimes. Yeah. And so we appreciate it because it helps us keep this going and getting you more content yep. that hopefully you'll want to hear. Yeah. So thank you all. Now, I do want to also do a reissue. We did this a couple weeks ago when we had Mike Todd on. Mm -hmm. Mike Todd, episode 233. Mm -hmm. It's called Grill and Chill. Yes. He's the Dairy Queen guy. Yep. That we know. 
And uh, in all seriousness, we asked him to plug anything he wanted, and he wanted to plug his dear friend, Andrea, who is searching for a kidney, or was searching for a kidney, and I had announced that since the recording of the podcast, he sent me a nice note saying she found a donor. Good. Okay. Well, unfortunately, it fell through. Oh. So that's why we're revisiting okay. it. I thought it's okay. the least we could do. Yes. And we're going to put it back in the show notes. Yep. I wish I knew more about this. I really do. Because as I also stated, I have a friend from college. Her husband also needs a kidney. Okay. Now, Andrea, I read somewhere in one of his posts or her posts, because I went to her page, and she's blood type O positive. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that... I'm guessing they have to be a match. There's so many things that go into it, and I wish I knew more about it. But if you would like to find out if you are even compatible or you know someone who might be interested, we're putting the links in our show notes. Yep. We really hope you take advantage of that. Andrea's Kidney Journey is on Facebook, and we also have a website that you can go to. And then for my friend's husband, it's Kidney for Clark on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we also have the links for all that stuff there. So we really appreciate it. If you know anyone, please spread the word. It's the least we can do here on the Loyal Littles podcast. And we really appreciate it. Now, Roxy, before we get to our Meet the Littles guest, okay. I have a little surprise for you. It's Uh-oh. not really a surprise, but it's. I think it's going to... Do you remember that? You probably don't remember because you only saw Stand By Me like once, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a thing called a goocher. Uh-huh. Like when they, I th- they were flipping coins and I think they all came out on heads or something like that. Oh, that's like, a oh, goocher? That's a goocher. Now, I don't know that this is the same thing. Now, you love your husband, right? You trust him? Yes. <laughs> she says with hesitation. <laughs> All right, well, I thought this was, I swear to you, Roxy, I did not plan this. Okay. I did not set it up. Okay. Maybe there's something out there in the universe. Okay. I don't know. But I think you know, one of my New Year's resolutions was to read more. Yes. And I've been doing a really good job at that. I'm, I think on my fifth or sixth book now since the New Year. Oh, no, I think it would be five. Okay. Okay. Because full disclosure, I've been trying to read one every month. Uh-huh. And because I hadn't read in years. Yeah. I mean, a full book. Yeah. Okay. And my most recent one I'm really liking is it's very near and dear to our hearts, Mm -hmm. but it's called Me and My Shadows, A Family Memoir. And it's all about Judy Garland. Yes. Okay. And it's written by Lorna Luft. Yes. One of Judy's daughters. Yes. Okay. Now we got to work with. Right. And we know her personally. So full disclosure there. Obviously, it's a little more personal to us because we got Mm -hmm. to know her very well when we worked with her. I spent three years on the road with her. Mm -hmm. And Eliza being the other daughter, of course. And then Joey is their younger brother. Yeah. So I was reading that. I hadn't seen the. They made a movie based on the book. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. And so this past Wednesday... We actually were very fortunate. I don't know how it happened. We were both together. We were both together and had nothing going on. Yes. So we're like, okay, movie night. Yes. And I just randomly picked that. I think you enjoyed it. I did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It's tough. It's a really tough story. But beautiful and tragic and all of the emotions. And the movie, honestly, only covers about the first half of the book. That's what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still in the middle of reading the book, but I Mm -hmm. just, it was time. I don't know why. I just got this little thing. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Are you sitting down, Roxy? I think so. On this day in history, June 10th, Judy Garland would have turned 101 today. Holy cow. How weird is that? Wow. Like, I had no idea her birthday was coming up. No. I'm sure it said it somewhere in the book. Not her 104. You know, it just said her birthday... June 10th, 1922. Wow. But now there's more that you're not even going to get. But this is for the littles. Okay. okay? And then we're going to talk a little bit about the movie real quick. But when Lorna, sadly, if you know the story, it's like you said, it's tragic. It really is Mm -hmm. tragic. Okay. And towards the end of her life, Lorna went to live with her dad. Yep. Okay. Sid left. Mm -hmm. And they were on the West Coast. Okay. She found out at a friend's house. Okay. 
when she woke up, she spent the night at a friend's house, which is where it's going to get interesting, because she went to a concert with her girlfriend the night before. They went to see a band called The Young Rascals, okay? Okay. Known as now The Rascals. Now, I know that's not going to mean anything to Mm -hmm. you, but... That's a big Tony thing. Okay. 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 That, you know, that was one of the trivia questions at La Cheeserie Night and stuff like, can you name the Rascals? Things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. I didn't realize that before they became the Rascals, they were initially known as the Young Rascals. Interesting. So she was there at their concert the night before. So she spent the night with her dear friend and Mm -hmm. the next morning is when she came down and her mom felt that she had to tell her because she was going to find out like on the news or something and she didn't want her to find out that way. Yeah, of course. Wow. I mean, how? It's just weird that we just put the movie in the other night and I had no idea. And then, so yeah, today would have been her 101st birthday. Yeah. Now, how did you like the movie? I, like I said, it's, it's going to be interesting to me to finish the book now because the movie only covers, I get it. The movie, they were like, well, we want to hear Judy's story. We don't necessarily want to hear Lorna Luff's story. Yeah. Right. Because Lorna Luff is very, I mean, she was in Greece too. Remember that one, Liz? reproduction okay yeah. okay. okay all right here we go i mean i didn't love it but i thought it was you know adrian zamed mm-hmm. and that was michelle pfeiffer's debut actually sure. in that and then so lorna played one of the pink ladies yeah yeah and full circle story this was one of my dearer moments with her i happened to be in her dressing room on white christmas and just chatting up with her and she got a delivery to her dressing room what happened was when they left the set, they weren't allowed to take anything. Right. You know, usually sometimes you get to keep costume pieces, things mm-hmm. like that, or a prop or something like that. They were under contract. They weren't allowed to take anything. Later in life, she found out that someone had bought her pink lady's jacket. Mm-hmm. Long story short, a fan bid on eBay for it and bought it. I forget how much it was. It doesn't matter. It was probably, probably hundreds. I don't know how much it was. But they sent it to Lorna so she could have it. Yeah. So she now has her pink lady's jacket in her. How sweet. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. really, it was really cool. Mm -hmm. And it was just really cool to see it and have her put it on and take pictures and stuff like that. But the movie. Yeah. So the only problem I had with the movie, honestly, was that they cast, you know, multiple Judys. Oh, of course. You know, to go throughout her life. Right. They started when she was a baby. Right. The only part I didn't like was from teenage Judy to adult Judy. There was this moment where they were filming Meet Me in St. Louis, which is actually one of my favorite movies that she ever did, directed by Vincent Minnelli. So telling that story, that part of her story, they switched over to adult Judy in that moment. And honestly, I thought she looked really way too old to play that part. I think they could have kept the teenage Judy. Who we love. It was played by Tammy Blanchard. Mm -hmm. And she was also in the... Bernadette Peters revival of Gypsy. She yes. played Gypsy Rose Lee. She was phenomenal. Yeah, so, I remember seeing I that. remember. Now, this movie's been out for a while. I think it came out in the 90s. Yeah. And so it's yeah. been out there for a while. But we highly recommend it yeah. if, I if mean, you're there a Judy were, Garland There fan. were a few things that I didn't know yeah. about. Uh, it was interesting. Definitely mm-hmm. interesting. So I guess that'll be our tiny little suggestion. Okay. It was a nice surprise, but I it really freaked me out a little bit when yeah, I, that's... you know, sometimes I'll just browse the Today in History or sure. what, what's national today, you know, right. that stuff. And to find out that today would have been Judy Garland's 101st birthday. Yeah, wow. So anyway. Cool. All right, Roxy, we got to get to it. We got a great Meet the Littles guest. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is Dave Patton, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Here's Chuck and Roxy and Simon, or maybe Tiny Chuck, or it could be Ritz, but it's probably just Chuck and Roxy. today. 
All right, all you loyal listeners. Now, we know a little bit off the beaten path for what we normally do, but we love when we can get to do these. We do. This song is called The Song of the Sick Lady, and it's obviously from an opera. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of excited about this, Roxy, because we're going to get to hear all about it. Because we have the freaking composer here. Please welcome to the podcast, Glenn Winters. Hey, Glenn, how's it going? Hi, guys. I am so psyched and pumped to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's oh, our pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's get right into it. We, we're going to do things a little differently here, Littles, because we had this great opportunity yeah. to play some Littles music. And mm-hmm. I loved it personally, because as you, most Littles know my background by now. Yep. So as you heard in the open, we heard a piece from Glenn Winters that he wrote. And so we're going to start there and then we'll go back and meet you. So let's talk about this. Now, it was called The Song of the Sick Lady, and it's from, is it considered an opera, Dr. Know-It-All? Yes, absolutely. Chuck, did you make a pun? Did you say opportunity? Uh, oh. Did I do that? I didn't. Uh, sure, I meant to do did, that. that, was, that <laughs> here, was very here, let me throw spying. one of these in. Hold on. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, so I did, I swear, I, yeah, I meant to do that. Go ahead. Sure, so sure, opportunity, sure. let's uh, hear all about this. Absolutely. Well, I spent uh, about 16 years working full-time for a regional professional opera company in Virginia called Virginia Opera. And I did a lot of things for them. We can talk about that later. But one of my projects was to create words and music for short, like 60 or 45-minute or 60-minute operas that young professionals could take on tour around the area for schools and community groups and so forth. And they call these the emerging artists, future opera singers who've got their master's degrees in hand and they want some professional experience. So they get hired by the opera company and they have a variety of things to do. But one of them is to learn a short opera, which is taken around with sets and costumes and done in school gymnaterias and Mm -hmm. little theaters and community theaters and so forth. So I wrote about a dozen of these. Uh, The one that you just played is from an opera called Tales from the Brothers Grimm. And that was actually a trilogy of three short, like 15-minute operas. And in particular, The Song of the Sick Lady was from a Brothers Grimm folk tale that I titled Dr. Know-It-All. Now, in Dr. Know-It-All, and this follows very faithfully the original folktale by uh, Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm from the 19th century. There's a naive young man who doesn't know what to do with his life, and he says, I know, I'm going to be a doctor. There, now I'm a doctor. You know, he puts a sign in his window of his little cabin that says, Dr. Know-it-all is open for business. Uh, the trouble is, he's never been to school, he doesn't know anything about medicine, and, and he doesn't know what he doesn't know. However, a patient comes in, and this lady, she's like dragging. She's almost on all fours. She's coughing. She's hacking. She's haggard. And uh, she starts telling a doctor, know it all, what her symptoms are. And she's like falling apart. She can barely put one foot in front of the other. And as you heard in the recording, Dr. Know-it-all says, gee, I was kind of hoping my first patient would be like a paper cut or something. Yeah. And the, the satire, and this is kind of a satire on society at any point in history, how people get hoodwinked and bamboozled by fakes. And as the song progressed, the sick lady sort of figured out herself, well, maybe I should drink soda or instead of soda i should drink like milk or juice or water and maybe i shouldn't eat potato chips maybe i should have vegetables and but it doesn't occur to her that she is 
figuring it out herself. So she gets all excited and says, oh, you're the greatest doctor in the world. Thank you so much. And dances out. And, you know, this is going to be Dr. Know-it-all's career. He's going to get rich doing absolutely nothing. (laughs) And we can figure out how we can apply this to modern society. You know, people who go on some stupid diet that's all watermelon or something, and they tell their neighbors about it. Oh, that's the most wonderful (laughs) thing ever. You know, and I think that's the phenomenon that the Brothers Grimm and their wisdom were trying to uh, lampoon. Sure. So I hope sure. people enjoy that. And I hope it makes a little more sense now because it was probably a little confu- confusing. <laughs> yeah, well, when we opened with it, yeah. I yeah. mean, they're used to, like you said, pop songs. We were talking a little bit off air, obviously, mm-hmm. Littles, like we always do. And you were a little concerned. You're like, it's going to be weird. It's going to be. And I was like, no, no, no. We've done, well, yeah. I, you know, we've done stuff like that before where yeah. we've had classical music. And I was telling you, we did some stand up. That was fun. Yep. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we also have other things to get into because you've also written a few jingles, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah. But why don't we? Well, first of all, I'm going to do the apology now until the epi- so I don't have to do it the episode after. I kind of yeah. misintroduced him, Roxy, because it is true you are the official opera composer of the Tony Kornheiser show, right? I'm bowing. If you could see me, I'm <laughs> bowing. No, sir, we're yes. bowing wow. to you. We are bowing Absolutely. to you, Glenn. So, That's amazing. Oh, okay. So yes. my my apologies there. I forgot all about that until you started talking about this. I was like, oh, crap. Um, so let's not make any more mistakes. Let's take it all the way back now. Let's meet you. Where did you okay. grow up? How did you get into this? Where did you go to school? Things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where almost everyone else in my family, my dad and two sisters, graduated from U of Michigan. But when I was still a little bouncing baby, we moved to the North Shore of Chicago in Evanston, and that's where I grew up. I was a piano kid. I never played sports because my butt was stapled to a piano bench uh, for hours a day, every day, uh, one of those little piano nerds. And I, uh, there are a lot of, you know, Chicago's a big area, and there are a lot of piano competitions, and I won my fair share of them. So it was kind of, that became my identity. So when it was time to uh, go to college, it was just a given that I would be a music major. I did get into music theater when I was in high school, took a break and sang in a few musicals. Mm -hmm. But I went to Indiana University to their great school of music, which has since been renamed the Jacobs School of Music. For people who don't know, that's a music school that is really like a major conservatory, kind of equal in standing to the Juilliard School in New York. Yes, it's a hidden gem. Uh, My voice teacher in college went there. But yeah, no, he always raved about it and talked about it. And uh, yeah, that's how the only reason I knew about it, though, because you don't normally hear that. You hear about Boston, you hear about CCMs, Mm -hmm. you know, Cincinnati and all that stuff. But you don't hear about these smaller schools that have these hidden gems of music departments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the opera productions, at least when I was there in the 70s, uh, the opera productions were reviewed by the New York Times and the New Yorker magazine. So we're talking big time. And sure. uh, and it has produced many famous concert artists yeah, in all genres. So, forgive me for cutting you off again. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, that's where Kyle Kettleson went. I could be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure. That, I think you may be right. Yeah. That sounds right. That sounds yeah. right. Kyle Kettleson episode. We'll let you know. We'll but come back. He, he's one of our interviews. I mean, yeah. By the way, during my music studies at Indiana, I did have a bucket list sports experience. And since Mr. Tony is ostensibly all about sports and ESPN and so forth. 
probably it would be appropriate to mention that here in this context on this on your very fine platform. So what I got to do in 1976, Indiana University's men's basketball team was the last major men's basketball team to go undefeated in winning the national championship. They were 32-0, and led by the incorrigible Bobby Knight, mm-hmm. who people love or hate. <laughs> and... Uh, and I was there for that, and it was that was so cool. It gripped the, the campus was in a frenzy all year long, and my roommates and I got a ticket and drove up to Fort Wayne to see the first round game that they played for March Madness. I forget who they played, but I mean the atmosphere was electric. I've never been to an event like that mm. before. It was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters play, you know, a high school team. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have a sad experience to relate about that championship. I dated another music major all the way through my undergraduate years, but in graduate school, Chuck Roxy, she dropped the X. She dumped me. She dumped me like yesterday's trash. And that was traumatic. Yes, she was my first love. She dumped me. We're Facebook friends today, by the way, but it was hard. And the thing is that on the night of the championship game for all the marbles, that woman had her final voice recital as a voice major in Indiana. So I had a choice. Do I watch the game or do I sit in the recital hall and pout my, you know, I felt like I owed it to her. After all we had been through, I couldn't ignore her. She went to my recitals. I had to go. Now, wait a minute. This is after she 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 dumped you, right? She dumped me. But she's not. I don't know. Hold on. Littles, we're going to need some (laughs) advisement on that. First of all, let's talk about that. Was he obligated? No. I, well, Roxy, let, let the littles will speak. The littles will hey, speak. <laughs> I am a man of honor, okay? I have character. That's very good for you. That was very good for you. That was very nice yes. of you. You're too nice. You are However, too, too nice. <laughs> yep. The upshot was that as I sat slumped in my seat, listening to a long, slow song by Franz Schubert, outside in the street... Cars were honking. Yeah. You could hear students screaming. You know, so once we got reconnected years later on Facebook, I said, you know, God's going to get you for that. Look <laughs> what you made me miss. But anyway, that's my sports story, and I'm sticking to it. Now, I have a few questions about that, though. Yeah. Let's go back to the breakup. I don't mean to relive that. Yeah. salt in the wound. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean. Yeah, exactly. But did you at it's least okay. get a good song out of that breakup or a good opera? Because that's how they happen, right? No, I I wasn't into composition yet. I didn't oh. know. That oh, I had you were just a piano pl- okay. ability inside me. Yeah, gotcha. That came out many years later. Yes. No, I thought I was going to be Van Cliburn and just be the world's greatest pianist in the history of piano. Oh, I see. Nice. I gotcha. wasn't thinking. About. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so there are a lot of things I I wound up doing that I didn't know I would wind up doing, and that's how it usually goes. In a college education, isn't it? You yeah. major in this, you wind up doing that. Yep. Yeah, right. You know, it's funny. I have a similar. I, you might have heard this story when the movie Hoosiers came out. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay, that yeah, was the yeah. year Indiana went to the finals too, and I believe it was the year against Syracuse, and Keith Smart from the corner, right? And yeah. but I remember hearing, if I'm not mistaken, the story could, is true where the Oscars were the same night as that championship game. Oh, man. And Dennis Hopper was up for the Oscar, and I believe he won for Best Supporting Actor. Or maybe he didn't win, but he was up for it. And he was telling the story. I think it was on Letterman or something. He was telling the story how he was sitting there in the audience listening with an earpiece to the game. 
because <laughs> while he's at the Oscars, because he he was so in tuned with it because of the movie and right. everything, and I guess right. he was a fan, you know, of the Hoosiers. Sure. So that's uh-huh. your story. Kind of reminded me of that. Actually, that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's wild. So you know. I met my wife at Indiana, Ruth Easterling. She's a South Carolina bill. She's a fabulous pianist. She, uh, we didn't study with the same teacher, but she got her master's in piano. And um, we've been married 47 years now, and we're still putting up with each other. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, we moved. Roxy, only 45 uh, to, more to go. Yes, we can do <laughs> yeah, it, Chuck. There you go. <laughs> we moved to Evanston because, by happenstance, I wound up Uh, going to Northwestern to get my doctorate in piano in the town that I grew up in. It wasn't because it had anything to do with growing up there. It was just a teacher that I was interested in studying with. Okay, so it wasn't Uh, Wilbon? He had nothing to do uh, with it? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Okay. We still go golfing every Tuesday. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Nice. (laughs) And uh, after that, we didn't want to get stuck in Chicago because, you know, people who live in a big metropolis like Chicago. They think there's nowhere else to live. Why would you ever not want to live in Chicago? But eh, a little harder to make a name for yourself. Um, My parents lived in Williamsburg, Virginia. So we thought we'd camp out with them for a while. And we sort of liked the idea of Virginia. Mm -hmm. I started teaching piano at a small college in Newport News, Virginia, where I still live. And um, eventually, you know, you start doing this, you start doing that. While at Christopher Newport, the uh, chairman of the theater department asked if I would be interested in writing music, like a sound, a, a live soundtrack for a production of Greek drama, Aristophanes. And I said, sure, I'll try anything. And I discovered that I could manufacture musical ideas and put some structure to them. And I've kind of been writing music ever since. I've taught piano at a couple of other colleges. I went to Virginia Commonwealth University in the 90s to begin arts administration there. And eventually I wound up with my dream job, which was being full-time staff at Virginia Opera, where I was the community outreach music director. And in that capacity, I got to do a lot of cool things. I did an adult education program where I taught non-credit classes for 10 different colleges and universities all over the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, in, at least you know from uh, Virginia Beach up through Washington, D.C. I would do pre-curtain lectures before every live performance of a main stage opera production. I did those podcasts. I did uh, podcasts about our productions for Norfolk Public Radio and Richmond Public Radio. I uh, kept a blog about our productions that uh, a couple of posts went viral. That's always cool when that happens. I uh, wrote touring operas, as I mentioned. I guess we went through that. And some of these operas, I'm happy to say, I occasionally, I don't know how word gets out, but I occasionally get emails from other opera companies saying, hey, we heard about your Brothers Grimm opera. Can we take a look at that? And so my operas have actually been performed in seven states on tour and so forth. And it's kind of cool. Wow. And, uh, yeah. It also gave me a chance to do some singing. I'm not a great opera singer, but... As an opera singer, I'm sort of like the deck of cards you put under the wobbly table leg to make it so it won't fall over. If they need a baritone and there's no other baritone available, I can hold my own. I can do a decent job. Mm -hmm. And I did a couple of those for Virginia Opera. And uh, I even got to sing opera in Italy. A friend of mine at Virginia, at VCU in Richmond, invited me to be a guest artist 
for Opera Festival in Rome, Italy, where there were participants from all over the world, very international, it was very cool. I got to sing principal roles, I got to be the chorus master, I got to do a little bit of stage direction. And so, you know, you wear a lot of hats when you're a music major. And the end of the story, I guess, is that when the lockdowns began for in 2020, the opera company, like most performing arts organizations, had to close their doors for a while mm-hmm. because opera is the best way to spread a virus. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you sing, like little molecules of toxic liquid are going out all spraying out all over the audience. So uh, they were closed for more than a year and they had to let go a lot of their staff. And when they reopened, they found that they had to be a little more economical. And the one thing that was easy to cut was an adult education program. So I'm retired, but I got to do a lot of cool things. I loved every minute of it, and the Virginia Opera was really my dream job. Wow. That's amazing. And it sounds like we get... Well, first of all, let's do some cleanup on Isle Chuck. We refer to the professional opera singer, international star opera singer, Kyle Kettleson. He's our episode 119, so you should all go back and definitely listen to that one. But it sounds like we should hook you up with Tom Mosser, episode 206. Yeah. Now, he's the guy that does the opera, funny opera Mm -hmm. uh, jingles. I believe that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's also, may, He's also a great artist. He's also a great artist. I think but. I may have met that guy back when I was on Twitter. I'm no longer on Twitter. Ah, gotcha. But I think I contacted him or he contacted me, and we did have a, a, a little uh, back and forth for a while there. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we've got so much more to get into, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and we are so fortunate. We've got so much more to get into. Yes. We have Glenn Winters with us. He's been telling us all about his career and everything yeah. and his composing, but what we haven't got into yet is kind of the whole reason we're here. Glenn, how did you become a little? Okay, well, it goes back to when Tony had his ESPN radio show. What was that, like 10 to 12 or 11 to 1? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and... The thing I liked about that, which is so Mr. Tony, is there used to be a newsreader, Dan the Duke Davis, Mm -hmm. you know who I'm talking about? And what I loved, I loved the Sopranos commercials for the Windows guys, Uh the Windows Nation guys, where Nigel always wrote a Sopranos scenario. But then I also liked it when Dan the Duke Davis was trying to do his job and just read the stupid effing news stories. And Tony would interrupt constantly. And the best thing about that was it was palpable, the irritation of Dan the Duke Davis, who was so long-suffering. <laughs> just obviously tolerated Tony's interruptions because that was the shtick. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he rolled his eyes heavenwards every time that happened. So I, I listened to that for a number of years was in on the podcast from the very beginning. And again, when I saw that he embraced jingles and he embraced music, I thought, you know, why not? I mean, I don't write the kind of music that he listens to, but I can tell that he's a cultured and intelligent enough guy that he appreciates anything that's done with some craftsmanship and with a little talent. Mm -hmm. So I sent a couple of opera excerpts to him, including the song of the sick lady. And uh, one of the great moments of my life was after one of the excerpts, I forget which he said, you know, that just made me very happy. 
And I just felt, yeah, that was a good moment in my life. Yeah. And affirmation the, baby, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for the um, jingle, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, the great Broadway composer Stephen Sondheim passed away. And he is one of my idols, one of my gods of music. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play the male lead in both Sweeney Todd and um, A Little Night Music. Oh. And I, I thought there should be a mention of that on Tony's podcast. So I sent in a couple of parodies. Uh, one was a mailbag jingle that was to the tune of Send in the Clowns yep. from A Little Night Music. And then um, there was another one that was... Uh, not really for mailbag per se, but just sort of the kind of thing that Joe Arrow might do, that uh, was based on Sondheim's first Broadway musical, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, which was that song Comedy Tonight. Yep. You know, I thought yep, you were going to say you played Pseudolus, honestly. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I might have. I actually music directed right. Forum. Yeah, back in my college, at my first college job. Can I, and, can uh, I cut you up? Have you? Do you know a yeah. cat, Kevin Farrell, by any chance? I know the name. Okay, I've, he. I've yeah. worked with him a couple times on a couple tours and stuff, and he was the, one of the Broadway conductors for the original Forum here in New York, and he oh, would tell such name, yeah. great stories about Zero Mostel and like, uh-huh. you know, because that show is just it's slapstick comedy mm-hmm. throughout. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it gives the, you know, Nathan Lane famously did the revival in 96 and won the yep. Tony finally for it. Yeah, it's just that the stories were so good. So I was just curious <laughs> if you knew who that was. Littles, he sent these both in. So what we're going to do, Glenn, with your permission, is we're going to tack those on to the end of the opera so we can hear those at the end of the episode. Absolutely. I would appreciate that. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Uh, Tony did not play the the forum one, but that's okay. Th- what's cool is that it finally gets to see the light of Whoa. day on you Hot oh, off the press. Wow. This is going to be a, a, a premiere. Yeah. Yes, it will. All right. Excellent. All right, so Littles, make sure you listen to the end of the podcast Good for that. Good for us, Chuck. There you go. <laughs> nice little surprise. You know, people may be surprised that they recognize both of those tunes because they're very prominent in pop culture. Yeah. Even if people think they don't know who Sondheim is uh, or have heard of any of those yeah. musicals. They will recognize the yeah. tunes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's funny you say a little night music. We used to in college call it a little nightmare is what we would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not an easy one. Not an easy yep. one. Yeah. 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 You know, what's always surprises me. I see high schools doing productions of Sondheim's Into the Woods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into the Woods is one of the most difficult musical yeah. scores ever written. Yeah. I don't understand how high school kids can do this. I don't want to go see high schools doing Into the yeah. Woods because I know I would be. Yep. I <laughs> hear you. Yeah. I mean, come on. Who else writes one beat vamps? I mean, come on. It's oh. literally one beat vamps. Anyway, Littles, I apologize. We're geeking out a little bit, but I, you know my background. Whenever I can talk to someone like this, it's, it's always great. Let's get this could be interesting because you openly admitted you were never a sports guy at all. But do you follow sports? Are you a sports fan? Who are your favorite teams? Things like that. Yeah. When I grew up as a little boy, you know what Stratomatic Baseball is, Chuck? I don't. Okay. This was something that I ordered off for. See, I was a passionate, when they win, I was in heaven. When they died, I sobbed. Cubs fan as a little boy. Okay. Instead of practicing, I would sneak into the TV room and watch Jack Brickhouse and Lloyd Pettit do the play-by-play on the Cubs TV broadcasts. And as an adult, I wrote a nostalgic essay that got published in the Tribune when the Cubs actually won the World Series, finally. Mm -hmm. 
and I wrote a nostalgic thing about you can't understand what this means to somebody who lived and died with the team when they sucked. Yeah. And when, you know, 40 games a year or fewer and just uh, my memories and that got published and that was fun. But I was unusual because in Chicago, you're either a Cubs fan or a Sox fan. You're not both. Yeah. I actually lived and died with both teams. Um, I had one episode with the uh, two things that happened with the White Sox. My dad took me to a White Sox game and he was too cheap to park in the parking lot. He said, let's find some street parking near the stadium. And the game was over at night. And it turned out to be a bad idea because as we were walking down the street in the shadows towards our parked car on the street, we heard a gunshot and heard something whizzing over our heads. Uh, somebody made it plain that we were not welcome in their neighborhood and took a pot shot at us. That was one interesting thing. And uh, also, I was there in the stadium at Sox Park at the old Comiskey Field when the White Sox almost won the pennant. They were in first place. It was their final home game of the year. And my favorite player, third baseman Pete Ward, who once answered a fan mail letter that I wrote him, Aww. got the winning hit that drove in the uh, winning run, and the stadium was packed, and people were sobbing and cheering and laughing because the Sox were in first place and they were going to win. Now, what happened is that they went to a final road tour in Kansas City. The, their season ended with five games against the Kansas City. They lost them all and lost the pennant. Oh, oh wow. And the next year, I lost a piano competition when the season began. And as a consolation, my dad took me straight from the a contest to Sox Park so we could at least see a doubleheader of the White Sox. And they lost both games. And as a matter of fact, they lost like their first 15 games of the year that Ooh. season. But I was a diehard for both Sox and Cubs. Since then, the interest in pro baseball for me has sort of waned. I'm too far removed from Chicago mm -hmm. to be able to keep up with the Cubs and the Sox. It's, okay. It doesn't feel like home anymore. The Washington Commanders, no. You know, <laughs> in the 80s and 90s, sure, sure. I've, yeah. I followed the Redskins. It was fun then. Mm -hmm. It's really the least fun thing to be a Washington fan now. Yeah. How long and, have you I, been in the DMV? I have been in Virginia since 1976. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Yeah. Long time? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm old. I'm 70 <laughs> years old. Join the club, sir. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been fantastic. Now, we can't let you go without some fun, dumb questions. We hope that's okay. Gosh, I'd love to, but I've got a thing. No, okay. <laughs> oh, How dare oh, you, sir? Head, I'm ready. Do your worst. Uh, all right, Roxy, what do we got? <laughs> well, I want to know, have you, did you ever make it to Chatter? She always does this. She comes up with the good questions, and they're not dumb at all. So <laughs> that is a great question because you live right there. We talked about it. Yeah. Uh, it's two and a half hours away in good traffic, but there's never good traffic yeah. right. from the Virginia Peninsula to D.C. So uh, we were going to do it, but Tony pulled the plug before we could make it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then you get questions like this. What do you think is the greatest invention of all time? Um, the metronome. No, I'm kidding. Ah, oh, that's a great answer. Yeah, actually. For people who don't know, that's how musicians know how fast to play. Yep. Um, yeah. Greatest invention of all time. I'm going to say, well, it's got to be the printing press. Yeah. Gutenberg. Man Gutenberg. Okay. Yep. Okay. If we may go back for a quick second, you know, I will say, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Going back to the metronome, I actually introduced a metronome, not the device, but to a Tony-nominated 
Broadway choreographer. Yes, you did. Uh, who gave me a free tap lesson because he wanted to learn how to play drums a little bit. He, he used to yeah, play yeah. drums, and so we traded lessons. Mm -hmm. And when we were doing the lesson, I asked him, I said, have you ever thought of practicing to a metronome? And he went, wow, no. I uh -huh. never, never would have thought of that. You know, tap dancing to yeah. a metronome. Because yeah. it's so rhythmic. Yep. That's how I would do it. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? I don't know if he's ever tried it. Because he thought it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. But I, that was the only lesson I've ever had with him. So I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> If he ever did anything Listen, with it, but I have worked with a lot of dancers. Dancers know surprisingly little about music. Yeah, we do. We sure I do. love them. I can't do what they do, but <laughs> and you we can't do what you basic do. Basic music terms, and they stare at you like a deer in the headlights. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Exhibit A, right here. <laughs> now you're gonna get emails. All right. <laughs> if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? That is easy. It would be Salzburg, Austria. Yeah. yeah. My son-in-law got a grant. He's getting a doctorate in German. He got a grant to go to Germany and do some research. And so my wife, my daughter, and uh, my grandchild, who was a baby at the time, we thought, well, this is, this is going to be fun. This was uh, the year before the lockdowns began mm -hmm. when you couldn't travel. Uh, so we uh, went to a small town in Germany, and while he stayed in a library we went cruising around we went to france we went to switzerland we went to various places in germany and we went to salzburg austria which is a big town for uh, musicians because that was where mozart was born and yes. raised and it is just my favorite place in the world the scenery is beyond spectacular the people are wonderful it's got two sections on one side of the salz river which is a salty river and that actually, Salzburg means salt town. Mm. There's the old section, the part Mozart would have lived in. And then there's the new section that has more modern structures and okay. a busy nightlife. And I could live the rest of my life there. The food is wonderful. I just love the whole thing. And what was cool, my wife found an Airbnb, which was an, the original apartment where Mozart's sister, Nannerl, lived at the end of her life. Oh. We got to live in Mozart's sister's home for wow. a couple yeah, Littles, this is what I love about this pocket. That was not on the form. No. Okay, I, we just somehow discovered that, which I love. Yep. Yeah. Hey, what's one movie you'll always recommend to people? And if you'd like to go top three, that's fine, too, because we know this is a hard one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess like, it's that way with operas. I don't. I I do have a favorite opera, but they're all so close together. In wait, terms wait, wait, of wait, wait. Roxy, how did you not think to ask that question? That's a Roxy question right there. Let's start there. What's oh. your favorite opera? Yeah, I do have a favorite opera. I have a favorite opera and a close second. Okay. My favorite opera is the last opera written by Giuseppe Verdi, the guy who wrote La Traviata, yep. Rigoletto, Aida, and a lot of fancy names like that. His last opera that he wrote when he was 80 years old Whoa. was based on The Merry Wives of Windsor by Shakespeare. It is called Falstaff. And it is not only my favorite opera, Chuck and Roxy, it is not only my favorite piece of music, it is not only my favorite artwork, it's pretty much, besides my family, my favorite thing in this world. Oh. It's like, if you get to know Falstaff, and you get to know the characters and how the music brings the characters to life, and the wisdom that is in both the music and the, the characters in, in the script, it's a, like a defense for the human species. Mm -hmm. You know, just when you think 
maybe we should just let the cockroaches win in planet Earth. And maybe with all the corruption and all the prejudice and all the war and all the corruption and everything, maybe we should just hang it up. No, when humans can create something so perfect and so wise and so wonderful, like an opera like Falstaff, it's like, okay, maybe maybe we're not hopeless after all. Maybe mm. there's something that, that we can contribute to the universe that justifies wow. our continued existence. That's such wow. a great, so poetic, great I way know. to put it. That's so great. I almost want to end there, but we let, let's hear the other and let's hear your movies quick. Okay. I would say Amadeus okay. because... Again, picking up on the Salzburg theme, yeah. it's sort of an imaginary biopic about yeah. Mozart in which there's a theory as to how Mozart was murdered instead of dying. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, so it, it's not true, but it's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful period movie. I've always liked The Birdcage. Okay. You mentioned okay. Nathan Lane. Nice. Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. Yeah. It's like a movie that I don't get tired of, mm -hmm. you know? With both operas and movies, what I like is when the characters become like your friends. Right, yeah. right. And you just want to visit your friends now and then. So you do know? you like La Caja Fall then, I assume? It's one of my favorite <laughs> musicals. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, okay. And then right. the third movie would be Apollo 13. Ah. Cool. Which is Jack just like has the to watch that. Yes, you do. It's the perfect movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Roxy, we're going to have to bump that up on the list then. All right. All right, real quick, rapid fire, Roxy. All right, Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. I dream of Genie or Bewitched? Bewitched. Brady Bunch or the Partridge Family? Bill Nye the Science Guy. Ooh, <laughs> nice. <Great>. Nice. <laughs> single sink or double sink? I've never had a double, so i got to go with single. Yes. All right, that's good with her. And let's finish with Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? Always freaking funny. Not just it's funny. Metahuman. It's funny freak. because it's not funny. Right. And Tony knows it's not funny. That makes it funny. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. And Wilbon hates them. That's yes. the other thing that makes it yes. great. So, <laughs> well, listen, Glenn, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. Is there anything we can plug for you except besides what we've already plugged and we're going to play those jingles and stuff like that? There's something very important that I want all the Littles to know. Use zip code on all your mail. Okay. Was that good? Yes. That's great. It's a great thing to plug. Uh, I if think. people want to get in touch with me, I am on Facebook, Glenn Winters in Newport News, Virginia. I'm on Instagram at Opera Glenn, all one word. Excellent. All right. We'll make sure we put all that in the show notes. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. Short and sweet. Short like and it. sweet. Love mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Very decisive. Yep. I love it. Love yep. it. So, Well, Glenn, <laughs> thank you so much again for coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate it. It was a complete pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. And Littles, we're not going to wait. We're going to play the one premiere from the Stephen Sondheim musical, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, a parody of Comedy Tonight right now as we leave you. I'm just a little, my ego's brittle. Tony, play my stupid jingle today. It sounds like Sondheim, what rhymes with Sondheim. Don't have a clue, but play my jingle today. I don't sing at the Met, I don't have a band. But if you choose me, life will be grand. Next to Joe Arrow, my talent's narrow. 
That's really all there is to say. Better songs tomorrow, my crap today. Maybe it's lame, maybe it's not. Maybe Squadoosh is all that I've got. Hey, Stephen Sondheim, I miss you big time. Oh, look, I found a rhyme. Hooray! Better songs tomorrow, maybe Joe Arrow. Better songs tomorrow, my crap today. Roxy, how about that? Oh my gosh, that was so cute. Right? Thanks again, Glenn. We really appreciate it. And don't go anywhere, loyal listeners. We'll be right back. This is Lee Gordon, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and thank you so much, Glenn, for coming on to Meet the Littles. How much fun was that, Roxy? Oh, it was great. Always great. And Littles, remember, at the end of this episode, we will put that other jingle from Send in the Clowns, Mm -hmm. another Stephen Sondheim hit, and we'll play the full opera segment that he did. Mm -hmm. It's not that long. They're really short because they're designed for children. Yeah. And it's just, that blows my mind that they're introducing children that age to opera. Mm -hmm. It's so great. All right. Well, Roxy, we have a full circle moment here, I feel like, and I feel like we should complete it here. Belmont. Yeah. Your dad's there. Yes, he is. I should say our dad is there. Uh (laughs) And that's he's gone a couple times that I know of. Yeah. I want to go one of these times because I've never been. I've been to the Kentucky Derby. Mm -hmm. I've never been to the other two. I've never been to the Preakness. I've never been to the Belmont. Yep. But we're going to have some fun. I think I'm doing really well. I picked the winner last time. You did. For the Preakness. Mm -hmm. And I, out of all of us, I think had the highest finisher in the Kentucky Derby. Now it was fourth, so he didn't pay any money. Right. But I did have the highest out of all of our picks. There you go. Now I do think George Malay, he came on that day for five mediocre minutes and he gave us a couple and one of his, I think, finished in the top yeah. three. Yeah. But anyway, let's go to it, Roxy. What do we got for the Belmont Stakes? There's how many? Nine? Nine, I believe. Okay. We've got Tappet Shoes. Oh, I know who Roxy's picking. Well, okay. then we have Tappet Trice. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. That's what it says. Okay. We have Archangelo, we have National Treasure, mm. we have Il Miracolo, Okay. we have Forte, that's one of yours, Chuck, right? That was one of mine in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Okay, but, okay, go ahead. Then we have Hit Show. Ooh. Then we have Angel of Empire, mm. and finally Red Root One. Red oh, that's Root One. Right, that was from uh, <laughs> the Preakness. Okay. Yeah. Now, or I, Kentucky this, Derby. Oh, okay. So, yes, I picked National Treasure, and he won right. the last time. So, right. if I was to pick a brand new horse just on a random guess, I think I would say Hit Show. But, you know what? I think what I'll say is I'm going to go National Treasure for the repeat. Okay. All well, right, I guess I'm going to go with Tap It Shoes. I was going to say, yeah. You got to go with that. Yeah. So. All right. So, those are our Belmont Stakes picks. Official. Hopefully, you'll make some money. But don't <laughs> don't spend a lot. Don't, and don't blame us. <laughs> yeah. Don't blame us. But just don't do it, actually. Because... Yeah, we don't want to encourage that because we have no idea what we're talking about. These are just random guesses. I know. I was going to say, what does 20 to 1 mean? Because Taffet Shoes is 20 to oh, 1. Oh, that means, well, for every dollar, you, you, it's that's a good payout is what that means. Okay. So All what's, right. what's uh, National Treasure? National Treasure is 5 to 1. All right. Well, good luck with that. Hopefully, you enjoy the race. Hopefully, Dad has a good time. Yeah. I, I'm kind of jealous, honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to some of our emails, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, this one is really interesting. I'm go- we're going to dissect this a little bit. This is from Brett Wiscons. In e- it's episode 116 for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great musician. Yeah. 
And he says, this month I celebrate two years of choosing to live without Wi-Fi or any streaming services. Whoa. People wonder how I survive without being connected to Wi-Fi, and it's really quite simple. Books, yellow legal pads, records, DVDs, and Blu-rays. It's 1995 over here in Zionsville, and I love it. Wow. Okay. Now. That's cool. What I would like to know is how you do it. I know he says, how do I do it? Blah, blah, blah. But that, it's not that simple. It's like the work stuff, right? Well, I'm genuinely, because I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Okay? I would love that for you. I mean, honestly, that's one of the main reasons why my New Year's resolution was to read more mm -hmm. books was because I spend so much time on my phone. Mm -hmm. And to the point where I think a lot of us would agree we can't, quote, live without it. Right. You know, like you leave it at the house or the apartment and you're like, crap, I have to go back and get it. And yep. I'm like, do I? Yeah. And I sometimes seriously think about that. I'm like, do I really need it? Yeah. And sometimes I just leave it once in a blue moon. Most times I have to go back to get it. Yep. Because everyone in the business world expects expects you to now return an email within mm -hmm. an hour or right. especially a text message. They mm -hmm. expect like almost immediate. Yeah. And it always cracks me up when I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I was in a show yeah. or something like that or I was working or there's I was recording a, a podcast. There's whatever. a lack of respect for boundaries, I think, because of technology. And yes. I think if we can be diligent in setting our boundaries and sticking to our boundaries, obviously there may be some exceptions involved, but... But really trying to set that for ourselves, if everyone did that, then I don't think it would be as much of a problem. But episode 116, I'm genuinely curious if you could write in or write to the show or something. How do you do it? Because he's How in the music by? world. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's a big record producer that, you know, wants to use your songs or something and he... I mean, how do you, I, I get that you probably just use the phone. You right, call. Right. And maybe you have an appointment or mm -hmm. something. I guess. I'm not such a big fan about the streaming services or the, because the cable, because I like broadcast TV. Mm -hmm. I like NBC, CBS, and I know you can get all that streaming now too. But right. I, I like the newer shows. Yeah, yeah. It's not all just about DVDs for me, but I have tons of DVDs. Sure. I could survive. Right. But as far as the other stuff, removing you from the basically the world, mm -hmm. I'd hate to say it. But it sounds lovely. It does. I would just love to know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I'm even a side hustle. I'm umpiring a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, it all depends on this website yep. that this guy does. Now, my other question is maybe he's not counting this. Are you counting using the internet on your phone? Because that's not technically Wi-Fi or if streaming. It's, it doesn't have to be hooked well, because up to Wi-Fi. You, you have your, most smartphones have their own. Right. You don't need Wi-Fi yeah. to use your phone and go online. Right. So I'm wondering maybe that's the caveat here, the, the maybe. crossover. Maybe. So Brett, if you hear let this. Let us know. Let us know because I'm genuinely interested. So, all right. Then we heard from Todd Takei, episode 115. He was responding to us, giving him a shout out for sending us that drink, that beer. Uh -huh. I thought it was a banana split, but he said also the pina colada I sent was smooj. I think I'm saying that right. It's S-M-O-O-J, mm -hmm. which is a hard seltzer. Ah. And then he just gave us the website. It's drinksmooj.com. So it's D-R-I-N-K-S-M-O-O-J.com. He says they deliver to New York, Roxy. Ooh, we might have to. So, yeah, we might need to go there and look that up because mm -hmm. uh, that one was good. I still, I thought it was, I think he's saying as well as the banana split, uh -huh. they have a pina colada. Okay. Which we might have to test out get stuck Let's in the rain or whatever that line is. sorry <laughs> steve oswald all right next then we got a response to our ted lasso question okay this came from bobby gottfried yep. episode 12 mm -hmm. he says as to the future of ted lasso brendan hunt co-creator of the show writer executive producer and coach beard portrayer nice did an ama last week here's the answer to the question okay so he 
I don't know if this was a tweet or whatever. He said, my answer is, we don't know. We need a break, and we will take one presently. Nothing has been ruled out. Everything is possible. But that includes the possibility that we're done. Yeah. We won't know until we've sat with it for a while, decompressed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of basically will-bodying the question. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you know? I know. He's leaving it open to all possibilities and saying one of those possibilities could be not happening. Yeah, so. right. Or a sequel under right. a different name, sure. a spinoff, however you want to call it. Any spin-off. of the possibilities. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, but we'll have you know to wait what? and they, see. They do deserve a break. They I do. Mean, it's, it's great show. Yeah. It was it was actually a fun show. I mean, I agree with Sid on that. I didn't enjoy season three as much as the first two. But, you know, and part of me respects them. Maybe they felt the same way and they're like, you know what? It's time. You right. Know, let's, let's go out on a high. Maybe. Let's, let's not drag this out for yep. seasons yep. on end. So. All right. And then we have one more, Roxy, right? Yes. From 111. Yeah. All right. Hey, Chuck, Roxy, Littles, and any applicable third wheel. Great hearing Aaron Moss on the show. It's always fun to remember the evening when the woman to whom I am related by marriage looked up from her phone and said to me with a note of confusion in her voice, la cheeserie. That, of course, was the moment when I learned that her roommate's ex-boyfriend was, in fact, a loyal little. Now, on the subject of geography, New York and otherwise, it should be noted that in 2004, the University of South Carolina at Spartanburg rebranded as USC Upstate. So there is, in fact, another state that has a region that is referred to as Upstate. And to Roxy's point about what flows better, it would feel kind of silly to talk about Northern South Carolina. So clearly, the Upstate designation makes a lot of sense there as well. Coming back to the various New York regions, I would be remiss if I did not recommend the song Southern California Wants to Be Western New York by Horace Greeley High School's own Dar Williams. Ah. Best regards from Suffolk County, where I'm wondering if I've just missed all the episodes where you lovingly refer to me as 111. (laughs) (laughs) No, just a lot of times we refer to all the people, like episode one, episode 12, episode 51. Yeah. I know who these people are. Right. So when we're talking about them, I do think you did miss the episode, though. Someone else brought that up about upstate, the university down there. They did yeah. they, upstate university, whatever it's called. They did bring that up. So, and you know, I never even thought about that. You're right. I mean, it would be really ridiculous to say Northern South Dakota, <laughs> something like that Yeah. or South Carolina, whatever it is. So yeah, that's interesting. All right. Well, Roxy. Yeah. One last big shout out. Unfortunately, it couldn't be done yesterday. A very, very, to I think, one of our biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Special shout out. Happy birthday to Carol Kornheiser yes. yesterday. Happy birthday. Her birthday was yesterday. We appreciate you listening, and yes. here's to many, many, many more. Yes. We wanted to make sure we got that in before we head out. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Just go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. Everything you need is right over there. And remember, if you do listen to us on Apple and iTunes, please head on over there and give us a nice rate and review. We really appreciate that. Thank you once again to Glenn Winters for coming on to Meet the Littles. A lot of fun. Yes. The official opera composer of the Tony Kornheiser podcast. Remember to stick around. We're going to play those snidbits again and the jingle that you haven't heard yet. Yep. Littles, as always, thanks again for your support and for listening to the Loyal Littles podcast. Have a great weekend. And remember, as always, if you need a book, go to aaronsbooks.com. And don't forget to use the code, people. Bye. The Washington Commanders. No.
from far and near Bethesda bagels their best with a The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. We still go golfing every Tuesday. Oh, yeah.